What's up, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm, and we made it to episode 20, everybody. Thanks for being here. I do appreciate you taking the time to wait. I know I took three weeks off. I had a lot of shit going on, but I do appreciate it. I'm back with a great episode here for you. Haven't done an episode like this, actually, since episode five. This is straight interview, guys, open panel with my boy, Joe Crutchfield. Joe Crutchfield, everybody. So I met Joe actually through Funky Entertainment. Shout out Funky Entertainment crew, as always. Joe and I were actually uh, on the same night DJing, and it was the first time I ever met him, and he played an awesome set. And I never actually heard any of the tracks he played before. It turns out half of them were all original and remixes, so I was a huge fan immediately. Joe actually has his own podcast on iTunes with his buddy Travis called Unlimited Data. It is so funny. You've got to check it out. Any episode is hilarious. The things they talk about are unreal. So the first part of the episode, I asked Joe a few things about how it all got started for him. Then we go into an open panel discussion. Like I said, just talk about a little bit of everything. Really funny guy. I'm going to end the episode with his mix and also some of Travis's music. Again, this is all their original and remixes. Incredible productions. I'm a huge fan. Make sure to check out his recent release stay it's an awesome remix of zed it's so all over the place but it's so organized i can't really even explain it uh anyway guys so some stuff coming up for me blues crew sold out on june 24th so thank you to all that bought tickets that's going to be a great time but for those who can't make it i'm throwing an after party with my buddy spencer at dark horse up in wrigleyville that's going to start at 9 p.m 20 all you can drink deal bud light and wells we're going to get after it baby all night going to go back to back with my boy so you got to come check that out but up until then guys enjoy the episode and i'll catch up with you in two weeks So, Joseph Nicholas Crutchfield. Yes, sir. Where are you originally from? Where at? I'm originally from Burbank. Um, I grew up in Burbank, Oaklawn area, um, and then 99 moved to Lamont, uh, a little farther away from the city, mm-hmm. and then finally just moved out to the city about a year ago. Awesome, man. So, yeah, it was nice being out in the suburbs for a while, but... <laughs> it's a different perspective. Different, yeah, absolutely. That's for sure. And how did you originally you know, get into DJing and producing if one was before the other, maybe. Yeah. Um, I was producing a little bit before DJing. Um, I actually, my, I got into producing from a good friend of mine named Mark Morbeck. Uh, we used to have a band together. I actually was in a metal band, uh, called the captain hates the sea, played guitar and we did production for it. Me and Mark did. And he showed me fruity loops and that's what I still use to this day. I have not been able to break away from it. It's like my everything. (laughs) I think I started on FL four and now it's on FL12 or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, but I got into that, and then um, DJing was a couple of years later. It was in, uh, I think I was producing in 07. I was toying around with like electronic stuff in school, um, and then like with the band. And then in 09, um, I literally Googled music job <laughs> because I just desperately wanted to work in the music industry. And right. I, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do and just wanted to be in it. That's what I, what I was going to school for. Um, and I found a DJ company that was hiring, no experience necessary, and I was like, hey, that's me. And um, it was my mom's idea, though, because she was just like, 
you know so much music, you love music, like, growing up you were always like, what's this song? Who's that song? Who yeah. is this? Who sings this? Yeah. And then I realized I knew all this music and just, you know, it was always around parties, people dancing and stuff growing mm -hmm. up, so just kind of was logical, you know? And Were you then, the guy that'd be like, hey, Joe, can you plug your iPhone in? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and it's just like, now it's just like, oh, it forever now. I yeah. can't ever escape it, which I have yeah. no complaints about. Hey, so um, I hear you. But yeah, it was definitely, um, yeah, it was back in 09, started doing weddings, and it was all started from there. Very cool, man, yeah. awesome. So I guess that kind of explains, uh, you know, what got you involved in the DJ scene. Would you say when you started DJing weddings, like that's when you really got involved in basically the EDM world, quote-unquote, you know? Absolutely, because prior to DJing, as much as I knew music and loved it, like, I was really into rock um, and, like, Motown, not pop. I didn't listen to anything current, did not have a radio in my car. Mm -hmm. Like, adamantly was, like, hooked up, like, my new radio and my 94 Cavalier, <laughs> and it had the aux input yeah. and did not connect the radio. That's it. Because I was like, I don't like anything that's on it. And then I got this job and was like, you have to know Kesha. And now, fast forward, there's like a Katy Perry poster on my wall, and it's just like unforgivably just like now I'm so into it, like the whole pop EDM. Like yeah. Total reversal from, you know, the, the whole metal rock world that I, that I came up in originally. Totally. So that was definitely the start of it. That's awesome. So yeah. I, I guess you kind of explained it there. Who are your biggest influences and who inspires you, maybe from the beginning to where you are now, totally. musically, how it all got started, production-wise, all yeah. that? Yeah, um, musically, I mean, beginning, like I said, it was a lot of rock, Blink-182, all the pop-punk bands, mm -hmm. and like Zeppelin and Beatles and stuff like that was just always, you know, that's what I grew up on. My parents all listened to that, um, and that's what I loved. But then, production-wise... I mean, let me think to the, like the back. Who was like producing back? It was like Avicii. And, yeah, like, dude. I mean, that like was it was only a handful of, of people. Yeah, it was like Dead it was Mouse. like Avicii, Dead Mouse. Um, we're definitely early. Um, I think you know there was the Vanga Boys. I guess kind of was EDM. <laughs> the Vanga I, Boys. <laughs> I mean, I right? agree. Yeah, I, right. Like it, seriously, that though. was electronic music. Um, yeah, definitely Daft Punk. That was an early one. Sure. Um, you know, and I liked like around the world. Was I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, and, but then after that, it was just like, when the explode, the EDM explosion happened, it was like everyone. I just, yeah. I listened to, tried to all of it. And I, I can't. It was like 2010, 2011. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was exactly when, and, and like, so my old band, like, we incorporate, we were a metal band, but we incorporated EDM into it. Oh, man. Because that's how much we were into it. And so we were just like, <laughs> let's meld it. And then like, oh, man, it was so much fun because it was. The early days of production, like going back, it's like harsh to listen to now. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. Don't you know what a compressor is? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but now it's like, you know, like that was that was it at the time, you yeah, know, like, sure. and so it's progressed so much in the last seven years and it's so different. And that's what I love about it. It's just like a billion styles have come out of it. It's and that's what attracted me to it. The, the fact that there was so many different styles and so many artists, like I really can't think of one that was just like, oh my God, this is the guy that I want to sound like. I think I like went in phases, you know? Yeah. Because for producing... Definitely did. Like for me, like producing, like as far as inspiration was, like this inspiration was always the sound of the song. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, how do I do that? How do I make that sound? Right. And then I would try to dissect it, break it down, and then take what... I'm like, okay, these are the elements. Now what can I do with them? Right. And then that's just what's continually gone on just over the years. Excellent answer, man. Yeah. So, real quick, so you you you've done you've done a great job answering this question, <laughs> leading me into <laughs> right on, yeah. So, what's your style of DJing? Like your perfect set? Like if, if totally. it was if it was Joe headlining, I don't care if it's ultra, sure, I don't sure. care if it's a European festival, yeah, whatever underground club. What's your totally. perfect set? 
man, I think right now, and this is the thing, I've never played a set like this, because mm-hmm. I've never had the opportunity to, yeah, yeah. but, like, whatever this current genre of, like, future-based trip-hop trap, really weird bits and boops of, yeah. that you've been hearing, like, at least I've been listening to a lot of it, like, yeah, um, yeah. artists like, um, uh, I don't know how to say it, Tom M.G., T-O-M-G, G-G, um, it, he's like, it's like this really trippy, weird stuff, um, yeah. Trying to think who else is doing stuff like that, like, uh, like is it like Vagabond. almost like a drum and bass? Like it's a, it's like it's a not that beat, like no, it's it's a little more trappy. It's like kind of trap hip hop, which was never okay. my biggest influence as music, but just really weird bass and like a, like kind of electronic <laughs> bloops and like a lot of like chop vocals. It's about, not like, danceable. How about Barclay Crenshaw, you know that? Like something so. similar to that. Claude Von Stroke's alter ego. I don't think so. No, you should check that out. Yeah, totally. You're basically describing exactly what that okay, is. Okay, right like, on. Really bass heavy type stuff. Yeah, yeah. But super hip hop vibe. Okay, right on. Yeah, I've been getting into a lot of that, but like, um, that's like the dream set. But I would say otherwise, like, I've been really doing a lot of like deep house. Yeah. Just kind of going deeper and just oh, like okay. trying to just have some fun with that and that's my style. And, and playing yeah a lot of stuff like that and then weirdly with peppered in a little Moonbatone. Okay. It's my it's my <laughs> favorite dude. Like I blame Dylan Francis and like Diplo. <laughs> I yeah. did not like their stuff early on. In the last couple of years, it, like I got turned on to it, and I don't know, 112 beats per minute is just like the right tempo. Totally. I don't know what it is. I think I think 130 is like too fast for me. Like when I started doing house, uh-huh. it was like you know super super fast, and like more the techno. More I produce, absolutely. The more I produce, the slower the BPM's gone down. Really interesting. And because I'm just like, all right, bring it back, bring it back, <laughs> slow it down a little bit. And, you know, it's, it's like chill. in the beginning, like one of, one of the first EDM songs I ever heard was. Uh, Warp 1.9. Okay, yeah, Steve yeah. Steve Aoki and the Blood yeah, Beatroots. Yeah, and That shit was like, dude, yeah. and I like listened to it drunk at prom. I was like, Whoa, dude, that was shit. Yeah, I would say that probably was an early influence yeah, too. So totally. Like, it's the same thing for me. It's like then I like really liked Big Room, and then I was like, yeah, God, like I can't. I was like, I want the biggest drop possible. It's all sure, I was, sure. Like, skip yep. to the drop. Then I was like, this is too much, and then it's gone down right and on. down and down and down. So I, I that's yeah, really that's, interesting that you said that. I feel like electronics going that way too. It, it is. became very bombastic and shiny and big synths and then now it's kind of let's make it sound more organic people more want to dance again absolutely um, but also I just remembered I totally do have my initial inspiration for a DJ yeah Bass Hunter oh Bass Hunter <laughs> was the first electronic like DJ I'd ever heard in my life uh-huh. And it was definitely, it was like 07 or 08, and yeah. it was like Boat and Anna. Oh my or, god, or was that Dota? Dota, yeah. that was that, those two songs, still, throw them on, me and my friends lose our fucking minds. Oh, of it's course. just like, that was absolutely, and you could hear that in my old band, like those those really fast synths and yeah. like weird basses. Do, 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 yeah, yeah I, I loved that stuff. That That's was really, so I think, what kicked it off. And then like into Dead Mouse, like later after yeah. that. But I just think it was, it was funny, because it was like, not only had I never listened to like dance music or EDM, but it was like in a language I couldn't even understand. Yeah, but that kind of made it more just like, oh, this is so different. Like, what am I listening to? So true, man. So yeah, it was fun. I love that. (laughs) So going off that, you know, what do you think is the best show you've ever played? Biggest crowd or one set that you've enjoyed the most? Mm, Best show I've ever played, probably um, one of the color runs I did last year. Um, they do they do a night event, mm-hmm. um, and it's basically just a night rave with a bunch of glow um, black lights everywhere. Everyone's glowing, the Sick. powder stuff's glowing. Yeah. Um, I played two nights in a row in uh, Brooklyn. Um, in Brooklyn, that's and sick. it was in an aviation field, and it was insane, like <laughs> absolutely fucking insane. Like I had guys doing lights, fog machines, like yeah. dancers up on stage, like nothing I'd ever experienced before. First time I like 
had a massive crowd with like the full stage set up and everything. Um, I think the first night was like six thousand. No, the first night was three thousand. The second night was six thousand. That's unbelievable. And it was, and it, like I think back to that, and like that was the first time I had ever that kind of massive experience, and like. It was so much fun. The crowd was popping off, and like it yeah. was a great night. Yeah, That's that awesome. was definitely a, a very memorable one. That's so cool. And, yeah. and touching on that, so I've I've been following you on social media, and like your color run, like the spectacle. Yeah, Snapchat, yeah, totally. Just like <laughs> that view is so cool, and like totally, you always yeah. got a huge crowd. So how, how did that really all start for you? How did you get involved? Totally. What's your role, you know, within the company? Yeah. So um, it happened because actually, so the apartment I live in now, the room I live in, mm-hmm. used to be uh, my friend Louis. Okay. Um, and so he was a, a friend of my cousins. Um, I mean, my cousin were always close friends. And I've uh, known him a long time, and then he moved uh, to San Jose, and then he moved to Utah and got this job that we didn't know what. Okay. So then he started doing the color run, and he came to Chicago, and then that's when they needed locals like for help. So one year, Mike was like, hey, you should help out. Let's lose his job. He's back in town. I was like, yeah, totally. Sure. No idea what it was. No no idea what was going on. Yeah. Um, and I didn't DJ it. I didn't know there was even a festival. I was on the course throwing the color. Yeah. My first time, it was, in, <laughs> it was the Chicago Color Run of 2015. Um, and I, I was, or no, 2014, I was throwing color and having a blast. And then I was like, hey, after I was like, this is really fun. I'm like, was there like a festival, like a DJ portion of this or something? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. I was like, well, I want to do that. Yeah. Like, that's what I, I had been DJing for quite a while at that point. Right. You know, like I said, since 09. So I mean, Lewis knew that. Um, so then he was like, all right, well, it's like the end of the season. So like when 2015 starts, I'll hit you up and you know, we'll, we'll try to get on that. And this was right around when I was starting my, my wedding company. Mm-hmm. So kind of was like, I got, landed them as a big client because he gave me, like I was his exclusive DJ that year and I got 12 events. Nice. Uh, just from him alone. And then I ended up getting a couple from other people. But um, it's interesting because I do also work for them as like a road warrior. Mm-hmm. So I'm part of the event execution. So I travel all over. Absolutely. Travel coast to coast. I've gone from California to Boston. Um, I played 18 cities last year and 18 the year before that. That's awesome. Um, and it's crazy. Never had an experience like that in my life. Seriously, <laughs> so freaking thankful for it. Like, yeah. that, it's just an absolute dream of mine to be able to travel and to play music and like connect with people and share that with so many people. And like, it's been a wild ride so far. And it's people like, people go fucking crazy. They, they go fucking crazy. <laughs> and they're like, dead fucking sober. It's dead sober. It's 9 a.m. Yeah. Need I remind you? And then it was honestly nice though, because after that, I was like, it's 9 a.m. on a Sunday. I could make anyone dance anytime. Like, yep. I am not, like, throw any crowd at me. I'm like, I can, I think I can make it happen because, yeah. I mean, granted, everyone there's in a super happy mood or, you know, yeah. they're having a good time, but. That's the GJ's dream. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the whole thing. That's all you want is a happy crowd that, that wants get. to dance. Absolutely. Yeah. And everyone there is such, such positive vibes. And so, yeah, I got very, very lucky with it. And, and you know, Lewis just hooked me up and then ended up meeting a couple other people and just going out on more of them and. Yeah, it's crazy. But I, yeah, being part of the event execution is interesting too because besides, you know, I get to have all this fun and like in front of all these people. Of course. Um, which is crazy. But then it's like, I'm also like, shout out to Lou for always making me go to the warehouse <laughs> to load all the pallets out the truck. Oh, yeah. Like, and driving the box truck. Like, I'm a, I drive 26 foot box trucks. Never thought I'd even, I thought you needed a CDL for that shit. Turns out anyone can just do it. Talking about a one-man band. Seriously. Man. So I was like, but it's great. Like, honestly, like, it's it's a great, it's it's cool to put together, like, literally set up the event, every sign, every flag, every tent with the crew, put it on, and then see this crazy reaction of everyone after the event, and then break it all down after. It's such a, like, wow, we really put something together. You kind of feel like you did something that day. That's so cool. Uh, which is a lot of fun. So That's so definitely cool, really, really love that, yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. So... 
going on to your podcast, um, mm-hmm. obviously for the people listening that maybe not heard of it, how did you and Travis, right? Yeah. How did you guys come up with unlimited data? You, you mentioned to me earlier, you know, it was always a goal of you guys to have a podcast. Yeah. How did you guys come up with the format? Why did you decide to start now? And, you know, how do you guys go about your business uh, behind the scenes? So, um, Travis and I, um, we've known each other for quite a while. Um, we used to, like, do music stuff together. He kind of, like, managed my band and got me, you know, half of my experience in the music industry. So then we just started working together after that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a couple previous uh, ventures and uh, glad that we did because now we've got on one that is like we really, really enjoy. We had a, le- a record label for a very short time <laughs> nice. um, called Stay Posse Records. Um, but then um, we had he had a podcast um, called Amazing Humans that he did for a little bit, and I was like a guest on that one, um, and he was just you know talking to different people and and doing stuff, and I had always wanted to do one because I had been listening to Kevin Smith's Smodcast uh-huh. since it came out like in 07. like love it, like huge fan of Kevin Smith, and was like wow people, you can do this, like that's so fun, <laughs> yeah. and so then as you know time went on and stuff, we kind of just got together and we were like hey we don't hang out enough. That was yeah. literally the format. We were like, we don't hang out enough, Travis. Like, what can we do to, like, see each other more? So, like, well, why don't we start a podcast together? Yeah. So I had kind of been toying with an idea one uh, for one, and so had he. And we kind of wanted it to be almost like a, a old-time radio show mm-hmm. with different segments. Um, they're kind of bits, not rehearsed, but, you know, entertainment. You know, not necessarily the most accurate information all the time, but pretty close. <laughs> um, and so we just kind of got together and we were like, all right, like, let's just each bring topics to the table and just start talking. Yeah. And so the first one we recorded garbage absolute trash we did not use anything from it because we had no we were like what are we talking about like what are we doing so that's when we kind of got a little more format in it and we're like all right like let's segment it up a little and have like intro music for each one and kind of just go about it so i love that too yeah and it's fun like we both make music and stuff we have the ability to to do all these little audio fun things and audio editing is just a passion of both of ours so yeah it's just why not do it so then um yeah he really like spearheaded it though like he handles all the editing and recording and and getting it up online and stuff and i was just happy that he wanted to do it with me but after doing you know the one that we were like okay we kind of have an idea now um and then recorded a few and then put them out and the response was good so we were like all right i think we kind of have a jive you know we kind of we get we get along there's kind of come some funny stuff yeah and it's definitely and and it's truly because he's the older brother i I never had um (laughs) I do have an older brother, <laughs> but this is the one I didn't have I that I wanted more. Um, but like he, yeah, it was just, you know, he's such a funny dude. He's 10 years older than me. I've for a long time I've been saying, I want to be where he's at in 10 years. He's, you know, got, you know, just been doing music stuff and he's always doing creative stuff and has so much time to do, you know, all this fun stuff. Uh, and so it was just really fun kind of getting to hop on with him on the train of, of just doing, you know, just another fun idea that we had. Yeah. And, Ended up really, really enjoying it. So now it's just a, a weekly thing we've got, and it's great. We get to hang out all the time. <laughs> That's awesome. For, and again, for those that haven't listened, you got to listen to Unlimited Data. It's it's absolutely hilarious. Um, so something I wanted to ask you about. Obviously, you're a man of many hats. You know, you've done also just production wise uh, that I'm big fans of. You've done just released a remix of Zed Stay today. True. Right? I did absolutely just today. Yeah, today, yeah. Because in the, uh, I started out the mix today with that song, so I was like, might as well put it out right absolutely, now. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I've been. It's been pretty much done, and I've been just kind of like waiting for the right time, and it was really just laziness. So now it's sure. it's out. Hey, <laughs> yeah. of course, gotta just, keep it on your belt. Just post it. Yeah, that's awesome. So you've done. You just did that. You've done Zoo Nightcrawler. Yeah. Really like that one too. Uh, Calvin, this is what you came for. Cold Water. And I gotta say, you mentioned it before. All of these productions sound way different. 
Yeah, your original productions sound different. I heard a punk rock song on yeah, there. Absolutely, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I honestly was like, wow. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's one thing to like be a producer and sure. like have you know obviously your streamline like that's great like mm-hmm. underground techno producers and like main stage like Steve Aoki. Sure. But to be a jack of all trades like yeah, you're doing yeah. is an awesome way to strengthen your brand. So tell me a little bit more about your musical influences and like where you start and how it might end up somewhere different. Yeah, um, yeah, it definitely is. I've been like kind of struggling with like, do I need a sound, a concrete sound? And mm-hmm. and I always try to start with a concrete like, all right, it's going to be like this. This is what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. And then I hear a different synth patch, yep. and I tweak it, and then I'm like, oh, but this would sound better with this vibe, and then it just kind of goes from there. Um, but I, honestly, like, for as far as my productions go, like, inspiration just comes from the sounds. Like, I've been a big fan of just going through the synths and going through drum sounds and just seeing what sounds interesting. Sure. Then tweaking it and then having some fun with it. Um, but then otherwise, the big thing is I've noticed recently is rhythm is actually and tempo mm-hmm. is my is my biggest influence. Like I said, like my productions have been slowing down. Right. So I, you know, I was kind of like, well, that's strange, you know, like, like you think like I get a little more intense, but I know I've been backing off because I like you know you can have a little more fun when you have a little more room. I think um, and just kind of relax it. But yeah, I don't know. I I've been all over the place like production wise. I think like for a while. I was really into like the Calvin Harris like main stage polish, you know, really sure. big pop sound, and then I kind of dissected that and was like, okay, I get that, and the chain smoker sound kind of you know bled yeah. into that, and um, you know just kind of knowing how to achieve that, and then you know like I said, I've been listening to a lot of Dylan Francis and Moonbatone, and that bled in, which is like stylistically that has nothing to do with most of my songs, but again, it's the tempo of those and, oh, and yeah. that, mm, cha, mm, cha, mm, cha, yeah. cha, that like gives it that feel. So I guess it's Moombatone, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then like, now I'm back on this dubstep thing. Like the Zed remix, I guess is dubstep. It I, sounds, it's it's like a new age dubstep. Right? Like yeah, I honestly is. don't, like it starts out kind of like normal, like kind of, I don't know, electro house, whatever. And the then drop comes the out drop nowhere. is absolutely, and I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I like the the same way the, the cold water one. The just one, it's like a line, and then boom, hits. Yep. It. Um, because for a while back, I was like, man, the big build up take too long sometimes. I just want to get to it. Yeah, of course. Um, but no, yeah, it's it's really all over, and I do like um doing a little bit of everything, and I think that started from being in a rock band for a long time. Um, you know, we we're in this rock band. I was in a metal band and recording a lot of that, and then I just started working with other musicians and producing with other people and then you know I've started you know I'm not the best singer I don't sing on many of my songs but I like to work with other people so then I find a girl that wants to sing and then what what, what are you into oh I can make a song that sounds like that yeah, yeah and then yeah. I'm making like Kygo stuff I got totally hit by the tropical house bug <laughs> Kygo holy shit ruined my whole last summer I, all I did was produce tropical house and like I'm okay with it like it was fun like I like I, get, I said I dissected that style I was like cool I kind of figure out how that one works that, this is what you came for is deep house that one was kind of yeah like, totally yeah, yeah. And then that one, so then like Deep House has been underlying everything um, else kind of since then and a lot of my other productions um, and I'm trying to get deeper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really it's like I try to do, you know, um, everything. I produce hip hop for a guy named Alex Nero. Um, there's a girl, Lucid, I work with that's more um, kind of like Odessa. Um, you know, it's like tribally, you know, indie rock kind of like flashy synths and stuff like that. And then I have this side project called Day Space I'm working on that's a hundred percent me wishing I lived in the eighties, like living out my prime. Like I wish I was twenty eight in nineteen eighty five. No, more like that. That really vibey, like um, like analog bass and synth kind okay. of warm sounds, instrumental, 
um, just really like uh, like kind of the vaporwave sound, but a little more upbeat, a little more danceable, but um, just really just like straight analog sound, yeah. um, squares and saws and signs, um, nothing flashy. It's like really the opposite of everything I've learned with production, just stripping it down to the basics because I'm right. trying to do it live by myself and it's all looped live. Right. Every track and I can independently control each track. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to take all this stuff I've been doing producing and translate it live. I was like, well, for live music, like I really want to get back into it, but like, how do I do that? How do I translate production into that? Mm-hmm. So now I kind of have this system to kind of create songs live, loop, you know, via looping and stuff in front of you and, and, and kind of create a simultaneous set um, but it's still production. It's still it's almost kind of DJing too, because yeah. I can play it in my monitors and, and loop it and then kind of mix it in and stuff. So it's all that combined. Is I'm just I can't settle on a style. Um, and Dude, recently, my buddy, with that. yeah, and my buddy told me recently, he's like, man, you're pretty prolific, you know, and that's an angle. And I and I never thought about it like that because I always felt like I'm doing myself a disservice by not having a, a, a sound, mm-hmm. a specific you know genre that I'm like everything sounds like this. Yeah. But I've just been a fan of, you know, doing a little bit of everything, you know, yeah. it just opens you up to a little more possibility. Well, so you do what works, but most importantly, you do what sounds good to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I like the way it sounds, so I think it's cool, you know, so I'm happy with it. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And then going off that, so do you have any more color runs or big shows coming up over the next few months? Anything yeah. Anything for the summer? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, Twin Cities and Omaha, Nebraska next nice. for a color run in July. Um, the dates are up on my website. Um, and then, um, besides that, I've got a lot of private events, actually. A lot of weddings coming up. A couple Summer corporate Navy. events. Yeah, yeah. I'm DJ at Navy Pier in a couple of weeks. Nice, really? Um, yeah, for a, for a corporate event, which should be pretty fun. Nice. Um, yeah, I've never spun there, so that'll be another one to add to Very this. cool. It's very, yeah, great spot. Very excited. Yeah. Um, but yeah, besides that, trying to work on... I actually haven't played this live project live yet. It's still a work in progress, so... Uh-huh. I'm, I'm taking a little bit of backpedaling to DJing, um, like bars and clubs and stuff, and trying yeah. to get my live set ready so I can kind of play uh, some stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I got some stuff in the works, so. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome, man. So, something that I've talked about in Sherman the Booth is uh, festivals. Yeah. And how they've, you know, how they came out of nowhere almost. They were really popular in Europe for a while, and then sort of came to the United States and then blew up in a crazy yeah. way and there's still so many festivals going on but I can't help but notice how people feel differently about them so my question to you and I want to talk to you about is you know for festivals and let's just do the United States sure. what's next and what's the future of them yeah. you know are they going to slow down are the main ones going to stay or you know are sort of people going to go back to the clubs and events and like you know I mean, let's think about Chicago when house music started, yeah. the warehouse stuff. You right, know? right. Is it going to do the full circle, or are we still in the middle of it? This is a great question. I actually talk about this a lot with people because I do have mixed feelings on festivals. Same. People always, they assume, well, you're a DJ, you must love that shit. Yeah, not necessarily. And it's, the answer is not necessarily. I'm not right. hating on it, but it's not necessarily. Um, I think, like, personally, where they're going, I feel like they're going more towards, like, niche kind of sounds and mm-hmm. specific feels and types of events and getting smaller. Right. Um, I think the big ones are going to stay, but like I was just saying the other day to my friend, like it's weird how there used to be like four festivals, you know, yeah. and there was like Lalo and then there was like Burning oh, Man Ultra, and, like, Ultra, and, yeah. and like that's it. Yeah. And then now it's like every state has multiple in multiple. the United States. Fucking Iowa. Any, like, that's what I mean. It's like, <laughs> I want to go to Kansas for whatever fest. It's like, okay, sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like anything, you know, the prol- proliferation of any event 
um, kind of saturating the market. That's why they're getting, I think, a little smaller and, and trying to find these specific fields. I mean, yeah. I've been noticing that already. Like, I went to um, CrossFest last year, or two years ago in You're San Diego. You're fucking kidding. So much fun. Dude, I went to that twice last year. No shit. I that's, just last year. Dude, spring, I fucking... That is the best festival. It is the best festival because they have the whole sign that's like, no furry boots, no dude, EDM. It's, clo- and, like, and it's not even like they're going against the floor. It's and, like the right. DJs that are playing here, the people that are coming, like... God damn, dude! I can't believe you said that. that's hilarious. No, it's uh, it totally changed my view of festivals. Same. Um, and actually, so did you go to Mambi on the Beach? By yes. Time? So I feel like Love that's that Chicago's response to Mambi. I totally. feel like it was their version of like it's a little smaller, not as crazy. And why I like those as opposed to like the huge, massive ones is because they aren't. This is what my problem is with festivals: is like. Obviously, I love music. I love performing and seeing a performance and being part of it and sharing the music. Like that is absolutely what is like the music uh, greatest thing. Yeah. But the big but, I feel like now that there's so many and everyone just goes, doesn't even give a shit who the lineup is. The fact that as many people buy a four day ticket to Lala without (laughs) knowing who the fuck's playing, (laughs) I think just points to that people just like having fun. They just want to be entertained and they want a distraction and they want to go get fucked up and have fun. And I'm not shitting on anyone for that. Preaching, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Like, hey, that's exactly, like, totally I feel that. But to me, where I have a problem with that is, like, when you see, like, the people going a little too crazy. Yeah. You know, handle yourself. Totally. When I go to a festival, it's like, I'll get a little, you know, I'll I'll take this or that, and, you know, I'll drink a bit, and, you know, I'll be chilling and stuff, and I'll have a fun time, but this way you see people wigging out, just doing too much. Yeah. And, and like, it's a whole culture. You know, like I said, there's the clothing with it. It's a whole lifestyle. That I'm not particularly into, because to me... It doesn't seem that they're as into the music as they are just into being out at a thing. Yeah. And again, there's not much wrong with that, but it's just when there's so many people at an event and that buy the ticket without even knowing what's happening, yeah. there's that says a little bit. I, I, I completely agree. Um, I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I'm not sure, you know, 100% where they're going to go. I just feel like they're going to, I think, shrinking back down to kind of local stuff and clubs and, and bars like, warehouse things is, is kind of it because i mean that's still thriving like think about any festival there is what is there a hundred of the after hour shows totally at all the clubs that's near, what, nearby exactly and and i feel like that's still where you know djs can get out there but then it's like you can just skip to the festival circuit you yeah. know some people kind of like i got lucky and i got on this weird kind of festival circuit mm-hmm. so now i like have an exposure to that type of situation so i'm like oh that'd be fun to do more but it's like I think to get there, you have to go back and do clubs and stuff. It's totally. like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know. It is weird, though. I do have mixed feelings about it. Because, like, I was just talking to someone about it the other day, and I was like, oh, yeah, people party. And, and, and someone just goes, oh, yeah, drugs are terrible. And I'm like, yeah. hey, I'm not trying to say yeah, that. I'm like, like, yeah. Drugs are great. You know, yeah. don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> if you take the right ones. But, yeah. like, that's not what I'm knocking. It's, it's what are you doing it for? Are totally. you really there to connect with people or, like, see your favorite artists? And I don't, you don't have to be there to know. Like, that is the other cool thing about festivals is there's this huge opportunity to hear artists you've never heard. Right. And that seems to be the, the prevalency of it because it's like, I don't know anyone playing at Lala this year. I know, yeah. like, I think 20 of the names. Right. I actually looked at the list. They, and did, a, like, they did a lot different this year. You know, and I don't know. And, like, but that's exciting. Yeah. You know? But totally. at the same time, it's like, well, I'm not dying. Like, oh, we got to go see this band. You know, right. like at Warp Tour. That's what I grew up on. Nice. I went to work yeah, tour like seven years in a row, like, and then finally was like, I can't, I'm too old for this, and then <laughs> then just went to the adult version at Riot Fest, you know, yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah. But coming up in that, like, you know, that was really big. It's like thirty thousand people on average, I think, yeah. for the Chicago one is one of the bigger ones. Yeah. 
Um, but like, what's Lala? Like, it's in the hundreds of thousands. It's like two hundred, three hundred thousand. That's absolutely insane. It's fucking insane. And and I just don't know. Like, I, I'm also just as a person, you know, like because again, people will associate DJ. You must love partying, going out all the time. And I'm like, right. well, as a person, I'm pretty picky about what I do with my time and who I spend it around. And it's you know, I don't wa- necessarily want to be at an event every fucking you know no. weekend, you know, doing that stuff and. Hey, and if you are, more power to you. You must be having a good-ass time. Look, there's... Be careful. <laughs> there's a behind-the-scenes that mm-hmm. only the people that do it know mm-hmm. about. So you can talk about it as much as you can, but until you do the time yourself. But I love what you said about, like, you know, what are you doing there? Like, one of the yeah. things I always say, and this isn't, like, pertaining to anybody in particular, but, like, people do it for the Snapchat. Totally. Or the Instagram or the story or, like... Okay, like you're here, but are you here? Yeah, you know, and that, that could even go as far to are you so fucked up? You're just here. Absolutely. Like that's not fun to me, and like that was my thing when I went to Cross. Um, I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I even went back and listened to the episode where I first talked about. It. I was like, I'm going to Cross. I'm yeah, really yeah. fucking excited. Like these are like, and there was a lot of like house artists that I yeah. didn't know. And then once I went. Like, it just changed me. Like, totally. Like, how same I felt here, about man. festivals, how I felt about the music, how I felt about people that go there. Yep, same Like, here. you can just get along with anybody. Absolutely. You know, and like, at these bigger type festivals, you never know what to expect. And yeah. another big thing for me about festivals is, I gotta say personally, and this is might just be from my experience in DJing in clubs and stuff like mm-hmm. that, your freedom uh, to play, you know, your track list selection, your mixing style. Mm-hmm. Let's think about, you know, like a huge, like I actually, you, you know, Mac from Punky. Yeah, totally. Anyway. So I interviewed him actually and I asked him about, you know, like a mainstay DJ like Fede Legrand. Yeah. He has been in the game for a long time and he'll throw down a great main stage festival set, but his fucking trick of the trade is his underground club totally, sets. Totally, totally. And like my thing is like, I like those. Right. I like to see the DJ actually perform. Sure. I don't get why i guess i do but like how can i hate to bring him up again but steve aoki like mm-hmm. no, pre-recorded sets yep like what the <clears> fuck <throat> is well, that man and see and that's that's when i started questioning the whole festival thing and yeah, that's, and, yeah. and i'm always the first like <laughs> i feel like my friends hate it but i'm always that first guy to be like well this dude he's not I'm really totally... doing it and, and he's not really doing it and they're like okay <laughs> so I don't care, yeah. and i'm like dude no but i'm like you got to understand what the Analyzing. reason for that is yeah it's because it's entertainment. It's to guarantee yeah. a perfect show. Totally. Biggest, the biggest one I heard about that the first time was um, Swedish House Mafia. Yeah. I remember, like, I saw a picture and, like, the mixer wasn't even plugged in. I like, know. This I was always, years ago. You, I'm the guy who zooms in. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, like, so totally because, like, yeah, you spent time in the studio, you made songs, and you are putting on a great show. Yeah. But it's a show, and it's it's now it's like a pre-recorded, done thing, so that the smoke can go off, and the fire can go totally. off, and the fireworks can go off. Yeah. And that's why you know, like the big, huge festivals, I have a little bit of a problem with because it's like people again, they just want to be entertained. It becomes less yeah. about the music, and and like I said, from from playing festivals, you do have so much more freedom to do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Because everyone generally is down for whatever. Right. And it's so much different. Whereas, like, if you're at a club or a bar, it's like you're you're, you're in that like I gotta keep it going. You gotta keep it going. Yeah, I mean, dude, there's pressure. But right, and but like when you when you break a certain cap of numbers, it doesn't matter. No. People are the heads are gonna bob, you know. Totally. And I'm not saying that like all those big sets suck. They're definitely great and they entertain. Sure. Yeah. But it's it's just different, and that's what yeah, that's definitely I think one of the first things I remember hearing that I was like I don't know about this. Like that's yeah. kind of that makes me sad. Totally. You know, like totally. I. I do it live, like yeah, and, same. and it's and, and I, I consider that like 
a, a, I don't even know, like a fundamental like thing about like my brain, that was like what who we, I am. That was what you had to do, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know how to do it any other way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, so like, and actually, so this mix I did, like I never really record mixes mm-hmm. um, just because like when I do them, like it's just for whatever doing live and I never think to record it. And then also just because like I spend most time producing. So I'm actually really excited that I put together one awesome. for this because it's just like something I never really do. Um, and it's just like, uh, I don't know, it's a little bit different. And, and this was fun because this is like a festival set like that I would do okay. because it doesn't matter. Like if it was like I, all these songs would not play in a club. Probably like maybe <laughs> two of them. Maybe two of them. But it's like if I was trying to get people to dance, no way. Yeah. But at like festival setting, you have so much more freedom. Totally. You know, and that's what, what the big artists get and stuff, which which is cool though. And I think, yeah, there is there is a fine line between, uh, you know, a guy like Steve Aoki and a guy like Laidback Luke. Yeah. Like Laidback Luke, he's fucking DJ. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, I think guys like us that like, you know, when we were talking about loving Big Room and like kind of maturing. Yeah. I think why the festival circuit is happening is because guys like us are growing up. Totally. And we're not appreciating this bullshit get right. fucked up like I used to when exactly. I was 21. Exactly. That's exactly the difference. It's exactly I'm just older. It. And yeah, exactly. And like, well, like, okay, so <clears throat> Chainsmokers, I, I listened to one song off their new album that I hadn't heard before and I was like, oh my fucking God. I like, can't. I can't do it with them. I can't do I it. Absolutely I can't, can't fucking do it. I can't <laughs> fucking do it. I respect it because you know what? They're making a lot of money. They're doing their thing. Right. But... They've lost me as a fan. Absolutely. You know, they completely lost me as a fan. And, like, now I have more respect for these, like, let's say Detroit movement DJs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there is a niche. And, like, dude, it's like fucking marketing. It's long tail mm-hmm. marketing. There's yep. the niche group, but there's that bigger group within that niche. Totally. That, like, you have to find. Yeah, I think and, so. And, like, festivals like Cross are, like, a perfect example. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, like, Mamby in Chicago. Like, I think it was just Love such Mamby. a... Yeah, it was such a cool just laid back vibe and and you know not as crowded like i remember at crossed i actually flaming lips played and i was able to just mosey to like basically the front yeah Yeah. because everyone's just so politely standing around chilling like not crammed in like the 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 massive crowds you Mm -hmm. get like some of those huge festivals yeah and that with that moment i was like what is going on here like everyone's so a guy came up to me gave me a free bracelet i still got it i fucking i'm like wow everyone's just so chill i know it's so great it was such a different vibe house events people are so great definitely glad i I had a chance to go to that it was it was in San Diego doing a color run, and we all stayed. Me and the, oh, like half okay. of the staff we nice. were, like, were taking a long weekend. Went to the, the couple days of San Diego. Cross. Beautiful city, dude. That's oh, awesome. I love California. I know, me too. So yeah, that was that was awesome. But definitely want to go back. Been wanting to go back since then. Dude, uh, God, one of my friends I always go with. He's gonna call me out when he hears this. Yeah, uh, like we like a week after, I'm like, I can't go back again. Yeah, and right. Like, and right. then like a few months roll by, totally, like pre-sale totally. goes on. I'm that's like, what yeah, I was just I'm like, like, oh, fuck. like <laughs> see, and that's one, and because I know that, you know, the kind of vibe it has, I would get the pre-sale tickets without knowing who. Because yeah, you know what totally. I mean. Totally, and I did last time. Yeah, and I was super happy with. At, I mean, you know, at least you have a bit of an idea. Whereas like Lala is like mixed bag. You have no idea who you're gonna. You get. have no fucking clue. No idea. Cause, you know, like. Was Metallica last year or is that yeah, this year? I think it was last year. You know, and like, and that's cool, but yeah. it's like, you know, I most people going to Lala now. Are people our age? <laughs> they, they don't, don't want Metallica. They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit at all. But yeah. it's just like, you I mean, know, the age why is not? definitely eighteen to twenty-seven, probably mm-hmm. for I the majority of people. So. You know. Yeah. Curious to see what that's going to look I like. I think that, and I think that's so interesting. And I'll end on uh, something else I heard from one of my favorite DJs upcoming, Miha. Okay. I've heard of her, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, she uh, just performed recently at an after show okay actually for movement 
Hold and on. she tweeted out something, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but she was like, I just want to, like, thank the people that, like, came to the show because it wasn't about looking at the DJ, like, right. all eyes on the DJ, like, what are you doing? It's, sure. like, dancing together. Totally. And I think that is, like, and I've said this on my podcast before, that's, like, the fundamental reason that I think underground music and house music and stuff is making a comeback. Because, yeah. like I said, people want to dance again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally so agree with that. I, I think, you know, it's really interesting how festivals have changed but where they're going is more interesting to me yeah um so something that you and i have both experienced um gotten through and been stopped or the barriers to entry mm-hmm. to being an upcoming dj and producer and i would say today uh it's two separate entities mm-hmm. because there are guys that have been grinding in chicago that honestly probably never released a song i don't know if they've ever even looked at a doll before absolutely and they're getting you know these six spots or whatever and i'm never gonna be the one to be like oh well like why don't i have that like yeah it's because you put in the fucking work like, right right so the barrier to being an entry is a dj and i'll we'll do that first like my opinion it's just like connections yeah straight yeah. up it straight is. up connections who do you know like i mean obviously with your color on like you never yeah. know so you know i'm i'm super humble guy like i'm never sure. gonna be like I mean, obviously, I'm jealous of great spots. Sure, like, no, no, I'm, I was going to say, like, I yeah. do get upset. Now. Yeah, of I'm course. like, oh, why did I get that? Yeah, no. like, I mean, but, but I'm never going to, like, outwardly speak like that's bullshit. Oh, no, no, like, totally. It's like, yeah. that person worked to get there. Exactly. You, know, you have so, to respect that, but it's just like, you wonder if you're working the wrong way. to Like, what exactly. about, how much more, you know, not that there's ever an end, you know, yeah. you should constantly always be, you know, working, there's always more to improve on, but right. it is crazy it's totally two different entities, especially, I mean, there's guys today. in Vegas yeah. Yeah, today, yeah. like, you know, but then that's, that's what bums Vegas me guys, out. Yeah. Like, yeah, but, you know, those big, like Carnage, I, allegedly, like, mm-hmm. he doesn't even produce, he just, I like, mean, he's a ghostwriter. I don't know, I'm not trying to call him out. I've never listened about, to him, but I, I just heard Carnage that. Gonna yeah, I'm sure it's that. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Fuck you, Carnage. No, yeah, but I, I yeah. heard that, like, he's one of those guys, big pre-recorded set, he's just the face, Yeah. you know, and he's someone a, else makes he's it. He's a huge black guy that drops right. hard-ass totally. style. That's all people want. Right. I heard one of my friends actually, he performed at, I think it was Spring Awakening or Lala mm-hmm. a couple years ago and he played at the mid. Yeah. And one of my friends went, said it was the one of the worst fucking sets ever, but he just played hard ass shots. Sure. And it's like, okay, yeah, right. you're at the fucking mid totally. at 3 a.m. That's exactly. all you want to hear. That's what people want. So it's like, you know, being a DJ is like, God, sometimes sometimes it's frustrating because, like, dubs are a perfect example. Yeah. Like, uh, Cashmere wrote that song. Mm-hmm. And their dad was super rich or some shit like that and like you know what fuck it man like you're born into a certain life like i don't see a reason to not take advantage of stuff like that but that's like that goes from like being a dj and like guys like you and i Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of guys like you yeah totally no but like other people don't realize and Mm -hmm. like we make these connections and we hear these different things and we understand the process of becoming a dj but i think when it comes to being an actual producer if you're a great producer you're respected in a whole different way yeah no i definitely agree with that this is something this is a subject i like i talk about people a lot because they when they ask i'm a dj i kind of do that like oh do you do music exactly it's almost like it used to be the same (laughs) and now it's like do you do both right and And, like it's crazy to think about it i mean i feel like i meet more guys that have never looked at a dog so do i completely and they're still great djs you can Absolutely. still be a great DJ. I've known when I first started, like the guys I, I that literally trained me to DJ uh-huh. couldn't write, play a piano to save their life, <laughs> but they're fantastic DJs. Yeah, totally. So that aside, though, yeah, I think there's just a different, you know, kind of look at, you know, like a respect that you get because it's like, well, you made it. Like, but you do have to explain that to people because people don't get it. They don't. You know, like someone there's uh someone just hit me up and they're like hey like you know like i produce you know mixes for people and i'll, I'll do you know whatever and stuff 
Um, if like someone needs a dance mix for a routine, you know, like something like that, like my mom's daughter needs it for dance class, right? <laughs> sure. So in addition to that, like I had a friend and they're like, hey, well, like, could you, like, I like the way you do your remixes. Can you make a couple for some songs? Yeah. And I was like, like uh, I-, I could, but <laughs> I'm like, it takes me 20 to 30 hours At to least. do one track. Yeah. Like, gen- like that state track, the session was 25 hours and then it took another six of... 13 different masters to like get what I wanted. Right. And I said that to her and she was like, oh, whoa, never mind then. Like, I didn't know it's it was like fucking, that. It's not a fr- Saturday night lady. Right. And yeah. I'm like, right. And I'm like, <laughs> now, like, obviously I'm happy. Like, that's what I love doing with my time. And I'm right. But, but that's the thing. It takes that much time, you know, and, and, and people don't, you know, when you play that remix, they hear it for that three minutes. They're like, oh, that's a cool remix. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they like, don't really, like, you know, God, I just put my fucking heart and soul right, in this Totally. Shit. Totally. And it's like, you know, so it is funny, you know, when people, you know, do kind of, there's a duality to it, but it, it, it kind of, it, sometimes it's upsetting because when I see guys that don't produce and, and have never released a track at these crazy spots, I'm like, know, it's... how, I'm like, wow, I'm like, that's great. Obviously you're a great guy. You're, you know, you're making people dance and you did it and you got there or you knew someone. Right. Um, I think the very, very entry for me is like, that's just what the name of the game is, I think. And, it is. And the older I've gotten and the more connections I've made and the more I've networked and all that bullshit, yeah. the more I've gotten and the farther I've gotten. And of it just re- reinforces that it's who you know. I got Color Run because I knew the guy since I was a kid. Right. You know, I got this booking agent because my mom worked with him. Like, right. You know, and that was just super recent. But it's like, you know, people just say shit, but it's like, hey, I've been doing this since 2009 and right. I've been trying to get there. And now I finally met someone that or got me up happens. to the next level and that's great. You know, and it's like, you know, who do I talk Like, that's the thing. Who do I talk to to get on the festival circuit? Like, let me talk to him. But it's like, it's just not that simple. It's not that simple. It's school hard knocks and like, from the guys that I've met there, uh, a talent agent, for mm-hmm. example, you know, the the real guy, like, okay, so somebody like a club promoter, like, he doesn't give a shit if you have unbelievable records mm-hmm. in your library or, mm-hmm. like, you have four, let's just say 40 song, forty plays on sure. your SoundCloud. Yeah. Yeah, this is probably one of the best songs this guy might have heard. Sure. He's not even going to listen to it. He's right. going to ask, do you have hot girlfriends? Yeah. And do you have friends that will buy bottles? Totally. And then there's talent agents <clears throat> that... Find the guys who have forty plays with no friends, you know, just right. something along those right, lines. Right, right, right. And those are the guys that like are really the people you want to know. Totally, they're the hardest to find. That's yeah. Well, and I feel like I'm that guy. Because you are, yeah. Exactly. I'm totally that guy because like I just, um, I, I have a because of that, like the whole you know, like exactly what you said with like club promoters and stuff, like. It's part of why I don't do clubs and stuff. Yeah, because like it's frustrating. that's not what I do with my free time. I don't go out. My friends definitely don't do that. They definitely don't buy bottles. <laughs> um, and and so it's just like because that's like like I said the culture and the lifestyle. I'm like, you know, I started getting back into clubs like about a year or so ago, and I was like, I'm you know, especially now that I live in the city, I'm like, yeah, I want to play more. But I have like this other side of me that I'm like, well, it's not really what I want to do because right. it kind of ties my hands up when I right. have all this freedom, all these other gigs I have. Right. And it's supposed to just be fun, but it turns into this like competitive perception, who's cooler, who has the most Instagram followers. God. You know, like you said, do it for the Snapchat. Fa- right. And, and to me, like, it sucks. Like, every time someone tells me they just deleted their Facebook, I'm like so envious. Yeah, I know. Because, me too, Because dude. people, I'm like, well, I'm like, and then they say, they go, oh, well, yeah, I guess you can't, you can't really do that I because can't. of what you do. Right. And it's like, think about it. Like, if we did not have social media, say we did tap out, 
How would anyone know anything we do? What are you going to call every person and text every person about your podcast? <laughs> no. Like, what the fuck are you? Yeah, like, yeah. that's insane. Like, I'm going to call my parents up. New episode I can't help the why, but, Yeah, I don't know. That's absolutely insane. So it's like, if hey, for grandma. music, like, you have to absolutely be on social media. Yeah. And, and, and it's a contest. And it's a pop, you know, it's all that stuff. And my buddy actually was just asking me the other day, is like, if I, like, you know, or if someone had, like, 50 grand and to give to you mm-hmm. to like promote yourself do you think you could like get pretty popular or like semi-famous and right. i was like yeah, yeah absolutely on the internet yeah it might not necessarily lead to conversions like getting gigs yeah. it probably will probably will. because more exposure is more eyes right? right but like that's the whole thing i was like it's just money dude it's just followers it's just facebook right. ads and right. all that made up shit and and i've I've been going back and forth with it, and I was like really into social media for a while. And about two years ago, I just was like, I can't. And I pulled back. I like doing Snapchat and stuff, but I don't participate as much as I used to, just because I don't. I don't know. It just it's weirds me out now at this I'm point. Right it's like straight you. information. It's like here's a new song, here's a new episode, right? And here's an occasional picture. But like, yeah. I don't know. It's, Dude, it's hard. You got to measure your, you know, where how much you use it because otherwise you're on it all the time. And I it, didn't want to do that anymore. It, it can be and. It can be even a little bit stressful too with the amount mm-hmm. of streams. Like sometimes when I need to promote something out, let's mm-hmm. just say a last minute show, let's just say uh, just an episode of my podcast. Sure. Okay, I put that shit on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need to put that on Facebook. Within Facebook, I need to put that on three different groups. Mm-hmm. I need to post on my wall. I need to post a Sherman the Booth wall. Okay, don't forget about your Snap story. Yep, yep. Don't forget about Twitter. Yep, don't forget yep. about Instagram posts. And don't forget about Instagram story. Hey, dude, I'm, I'm like, so dude, I need like an hour to like put all this yeah, shit up. No, you're totally right. Yeah, and, and it's. it's it's it, funny that you said, like, I'm actually impressed you saw that I released the Stay Remix, because I didn't post anything about it. I, I just... Um, I, <laughs> I didn't know how to look at people's sound I, yeah. right, I uploaded it on there and was like, well, it's... Because that's the thing, like, until you post it, it's like, well, whatever. Did it's it ever there. happen? Right, yeah, did it really happen? Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, okay, it's up for anyone that's... Yeah, I got, like, a couple streams for, like, the three people that saw it, but it's right. like... You know, I'll post it on, you know, tomorrow, and then I'll be like, oh, now people know. Now, yeah. But it is like, I I went, and and I hate that I even care to do it, but it's like, I made artwork for my Twitter, and for my Instagram, and for, you know, all these different things to post it, so it's all the same. Yeah. And I'm like, no one fucking cares, because the realistic thing is, when you're at this point, you know, meaning you don't have 50,000 plus followers. Right. People only care about that thing the day you post it, mostly. You've got like a 48-hour window. Social media is inherently selfish. At very, and, and, and ADD, and that's especially ties into how people are with music now. Which so is I think why true. music streams and is like basically worthless. It's so tough. Um, Because it's just like, there's so much to do. So it's like, I know that despite all this stuff, it's like, when I post that remix tomorrow, it's mm-hmm. only going to get listened to until about Friday night. Right. And then until mm-hmm. after that, if someone comes across my SoundCloud, great, they'll see it then, but... You know, it, it's unless I dump a bunch of money into a Facebook ad, which right. I don't want to do because I'm. Yeah. Not, I'd, I'd rather just share it with the people that I know. You I know, agree. And, and it's weird how people are like to hashtag stuff to get randos to just follow it. And I, I, I get the you know for I, us, yeah, it's like you I need mean, to, of course, yeah. Like I do, but like I hate I, doing I, it. I, absolutely, and I do it, and every time I'm like hashtag lame, like, yeah. <laughs> just because I'm just like, it's, yeah. it, you are. You're literally asking for people you don't fucking know to just like you. So true. Which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you, when you're sharing a, a show or, or music, like, that's the point, and it's beautiful that we can do that on the internet. But it's also 
not beautiful because it's just become a popularity contest that you can just pay money to win. It's crazy. I so mean, that's what bums me out about it. That's <laughs> why, and that's why I like your guys' podcast because, like, in, in my eyes, and what I tr- try to do the best is like, while I do try and promote and like sure. get the word out there, I think it's about good content. Yeah. Because well, absolutely, look, I I don't care. Like I was talking about like a bedroom festival. Like, mm-hmm. of course, I'll have a lot of fun if there's five thousand people in front of me. But totally. I also have just as good of a time by myself in my room because mm. I love the music I love the experience like Absolutely. I love recording like I, lo- I just it's the passion for Absolutely. me you know what I mean it's... and for so many people they just want to like get it out there and like get the most plays and like look at this look at that but like that's not what it's about I am exactly there with you like the, the 20 hours I spend in my room on the track is that's my passion that's, that's the best part that's the best part right the releasing it's kind of like whatever like I had the fun yeah you know sharing it's great but like my friends uh, my both my roommates have gotten on me they're like, when are you going to release shit? Like, we hear you working on a bunch of different shit. Like, all the time. But they, you put nothing out. And I'm like, I, it's, I'm, I'm enjoying it where it's at. Like, yeah. I mean, sure, I'll, I'll post it eventually. But, like, I'm doing it, you know, this this is what I'm doing. Like, that to me is enough, you know. And right. the whole, you know, like I said, the hashtag and everything to get, you know, that many more likes. I mean, yeah, I'll do it. But at the same time, it's become that much less important to me. And, and it's just like, you know... I think yeah, it just comes down to that's what I'd rather be doing with my time. It's just working on music. I really like that. Yeah, I love that man. That's awesome. Waiting for the time to pass you by. Hope the winds of change will change your mind. I could give a thousand reasons why.
Previously on Young Lithgow.
you'll never make it anywhere. Alright guys, that does it for episode 20 of Sherm in the Booth. Huge thank you to my buddies Joe and Travis. I had so much fun with that episode, guys. That mix was awesome. I didn't even know what to expect, and you blew me out of the water. So thank you so much for that. Joe, thanks for coming out to the city, man. I appreciate you doing the interview, making the time to do that. And guys, keep up to date with Sherman the Booth and all my events coming up. This is going to be a big summer. I've got some awesome guest mixes, interviews, shows, new production, new remixes, all that good shit. Make sure to keep up. I'll catch up with you guys in two weeks.